How can we make the world better? By making ourselves better. The Dr. Joe Show explores how you can make positive personal change by using his groundbreaking and highly effective I Am approach to understand who we are and why we do what we do. Your small changes can have big effects. Join us now for the Dr. Joe Show with Jim Quine and your host, Dr. Joe Schrand. Well, hello, everybody. Jim Quine is not here tonight, but I am so excited because I have Mark Stiles here. Mark D. Stiles, Esquire, who's, and he's a... a, First of all, hold on. Was that your daughter just singing right there? That was my daughter. That is unbelievable. Unbelievable. That is beautiful. She has a beautiful voice. It's my oldest daughter, Sophie. And you know what? If people want to know more about Sophie, they can go to Facebook and look at her Facebook stuff, Science with Sophie, on YouTube as well. Right. And she is trying to uh, inspire young girls, ages 7 to 14, to go into science. Oh, cool. And the stuff that she's doing is amazing. Science with Sophie. Please check it out. Will it's really do. great. Will do. So we've got some stuff to chat about, but, but we first, do. but first, first, yeah. let me let me do this. Um, I just want to say this: this I want to introduce Mark. Yeah, Mark is a husband, father of three awesome boys. He has been the principal attorney of Styles Law for almost twenty years. I, twenty years, right? Yes. The firm has offices in Marshfield and Boston where Mark has overseen close to (laughs) 15,000 residential and commercial real estate transactions. Mm, 15,000? That's that's a a lot. lot. It is. Often asked to speak to real estate boards and companies on the current environment of real estate, Mark is considered a thought leader in the industry. That's a nice bio. Thank you. I, uh, well, I'm not quite finished. Oh, you're not? No. Okay. He and the Styles Law Team are focused on bringing reason and calm to stressful, emotionally charged, life-changing events. The team also assists with personal estate plans and small business representation in a variety of matters. Mark D. Styles Esquire. That's me. Thank you, Thank Mark. You. I'm so appreciative of you being here tonight because, you know, in, in many ways... We are doing similar things. Yes. Even though I'm not, you know, doing real estate transactions, I think in a way what psychiatry does is help people transact their personal real estate as they try to figure out what is their own personal value and worth. Not that they necessarily want to sell it to someone. Right. But that really, I think, you know, I've been doing psychiatry actually longer than you've been doing law, (laughs) which is kind of freaky to me. but, But I really think that's what it is. I think in our heart of hearts... A person just wants to feel valued by another person. Right. And that's your I am theory, right? I mean, is that what that comes down to? Yes, it is. The I am approach to who we are and why we do what we do. And I am is this is who I am. Yep. This is who I am right now at this moment in time, doing the best I can, yep. but with the potential to change in the very next second to another I am. It, it's just it changes the way we look at people because we, we, we spent so much time looking at people as broken and less than, with less value. You know, like, why? Right. People are doing the best they can. Right. Now we need to do something with that idea. Right. And why not say, this is my current maximum potential. Right. Who I am the right best now. version of myself. At this moment. At this with moment. With the potential to change. With other 
factors that may come flying at you, social or home. Exactly or, it. You got the domain. I did a little of my homework oh, on your I am theory. And if thank anyone so has much. the time, which you should spend the time, he's got some blogs on it's psycholo- it's psychology today. They're right. posted on psychology today. And some right. of them are really, I mean, they're all great, obviously, but really mind opening. Well, I appreciate it. So just, just so you know, the... There was a, th- a thing in medicine for a long time called the biopsychosocial model. Really important for us to try to understand the biological, the psychological, and the social component. But it was of why people are sick. Right. Right. And so the biopsychosocial model was adopted so we could understand why someone had some medical condition and was sick. Okay. But what the IM does is add to it. We extend it by adding this other domain called the IC right. domain. My current right. concept of myself. How do I see right. myself? Right. How do I think other people see me? And right. technically, it's kind of you know a scientific clunky term, but technically it is based on something called theory of mind. Right. We can't see someone's mind. Right. So we have to guess. Right. What are they thinking or feeling? But more importantly, what are they thinking or feeling about me? Right. That's what we want to know. And depending on your mindset will be the conclusion of what you think they see, right? So if you're thinking negatively or down, you're thinking they think lowly of me. But if you're in a high-spirited, positive place, then, of course, they're thinking nice things about me, right? Yeah, and, 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 and sometimes we worry so much what people think about us that it inhibits our ability to do things. Because we're so afraid that we're going to be judged, we stop being creative. We stop taking chances. We stop maybe crossing the street. We stop going up to somebody and saying hello. We stop applying for that job. We stop thinking that we could perhaps buy that house. Right. So this says forget all that. Right. You're doing the best you can, but now you can step back and you can wonder why. What are the influences of the home I grew up in? of the rest of the world, my right. social domain. Right. What's going on in my biological domain, in my brain and body? Am I hungry? Am I tired? Right. Am I, and, and how do I see myself? How do I think other people see me? Right. That's key. And, and I think that and this applies. And they take in, that with them everywhere they go, right? Everywhere, everywhere. But what's cool about it is that if you're doing it, everyone's doing it. And that's what I believe. Everyone's doing it. So that means everyone is interested in what you think about them. Right. Right. But you think so at any moment in time you can remind someone of their value, but people are also good at making them feel terrible. Right. So you, you can get change to change their IC if you yes. work towards doing that. That's right, because part of the rules of the I am approach, you control no one. Right. You influence right. everyone. Right. That was catchy. You know, think about that. It's really true. You right. control no one, you influence right. everyone. You get to choose right. what kind of influence you want to be. Right. When I was reading it, I was really blown away. And, and again, obviously, it relates directly to what we do. You know, I talk to uh, real estate agents all the time, and they say, you know, I just sometimes I wish I had went for a degree in psychology versus a, a business degree because 90% of what I'm doing in these transactions is therapy. Yeah. I'm calming people down, hmm. you know, because there's a lot of anxiety in it. And one of the articles I saw that you had in there talked about how these types of behaviors, anxiety can be contagious. Yes. And that's what we see a lot of in our business, in the industry, is sometimes one person may enter a transaction, not necessarily an anxious person, but because of some 
everybody else in the social sphere of it, right, right. comes into the transaction, creates some anxiety, and, and then it becomes contagious. And now we have an a anxious transaction versus one anxious person. Hmm. And um, it's interesting, and I'm, I'm interested to talk to a little <laughs> bit more about that. So beyond what Dr. Joe does with his anxiety and, and standard therapy, he specializes in teen addiction, right? Is that what your yeah. main uh, um, specialty is? And with that, what he's done is he's created a theater troupe. Would you call it a theater troupe? Absolutely. They are a troupe. Where they get together and they reenact scenarios that happen in their lives. That's right. With the hope to deter other kids, right? Because the, you present it to high schools and junior high schools and, and uh, they show real life situations that happened in the past of these recovering addicts mm -hmm. and they are the actors that's along right. with their loved ones right that's right very often their parents are right in there in the show and then in between each scene the kids step out of character and they do these powerpoint presentations teaching the audience about the adolescent brain and right. why it's at such risk right. for lifelong addiction right. and, and the slogan of drugs free theater is the treatment of one becomes the prevention of many. Those kids are heroes. They're making a change. The treatment of one really is becoming the prevention of many. Awesome. It's the coolest thing. It's so great. It's so great. Yeah. It's God's work, buddy. Yeah. We love you for it. Well, you know, I'm, uh, these kids, are, they're the amazing ones. You know, they're yeah. willing to put themselves out there. Can you imagine? You know, you no. get in front of one. And, and it's not, you know, commitment is great. I mean, for those of you who know about, you know, AA and NA, you know, People will do commitments where they'll stand up in front of other people and they'll tell their story. But this is taking that tell and putting it into show. Right. And it's a real script that Nicole's put together based on these kids. And the kids vet it and, and they memorize it and they come out there and, and they perform Kill it. it. Yeah. yeah. They really do. That's great. So uh, let, let's 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 spend five minutes on a real estate anxiety. No, let's do a little bit more All than right, that. Cool. Let's so tell me, you know, you you've been doing real estate for. A while. Tell me what what do you notice? You must with fifteen thousand transactions, you must be noticing some <laughs> some patterns. You know, you it, it, it's interesting. The the uh, some people will say to me, you know, Mark, how do you? I'll be sitting at a closing, doing what seems to be routine and mundane, handing out some paperwork and signing it, and they say do you do this every day, all day long? And I sit back and I say, well, if you mean just handing out papers and having them signed, no. Hmm. Because what I can assure you is that every single real estate transaction is unique. Really? Every single one of them. Love All 15,000 plus. And that was probably, I erred on the side of caution there. It's probably more, but it's hard to really determine exactly how many. But... Everyone is different because of the human element. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So tell tell me tell me a bit more. Well, so so I want to I want to kind of bend your ear. I mean, anxiety, right? Yep. Everybody has a little bit of anxiety. Everybody. Right. So if we agree that everybody's got a little bit, some have a little more, some have a lot, then we enter into this massively life changing event, mm. right? Yeah. You're either buying your first home, you're selling a home and buying a new home, selling a home and downsizing, selling a home and maybe being f forced out of your home like mm -hmm. 10 years ago when people were selling their homes at short sales or what have you without really voluntarily selling, right. not something they wanted to do. But there's a lot of anxiety that gets ratcheted up. I mean, I would imagine... 
at least tenfold, maybe a hundredfold for a lot of people because of what's happening. So I'm getting ready to buy a new house. I'm probably thinking in my mind, I'm paying too much. Right. That's immediate. Number one, I'm overpaying. The right. market's rising and I'm, I'm buying at the top. You know, is this house going to appreciate or is it going to crash like 10 years ago? You know, is there a bubble? Am I going to be stuck with this house? Do we like the neighborhood? Are the schools really good? I know the real estate agent said they were great, but I don't really understand the, the matrix that they use with mm-hmm. the testings. Are the schools good? Are our kids going to make friends, mm-hmm. right? Are we going to make friends? Yeah. You know, are we going to like the neighborhood? You know, are we going to ha- have close friends in the neighborhood? Are people going to be off-putting in the neighborhood? You know, these are things that people start to think about that if you had some anxiety already, this is going to be a really challenging time in your life. And sometimes, and, and when you have the buy and the sell in combination, double it double it because it's going to be very stressful. So it's, you're saying the buy and the selling combination means for both parties. So that one part person, you know, maybe uh, my wife and I, yep. we found the house, we're, built, we're going to move to a bigger house, our family's grown, we're selling our old house. So now you have two transactions with double uh, the amount of people involved in sure. the transaction. Right, because you're now selling to another couple or someone and their anxiety is going up am i getting and it's contagious as your article said right is it you know the school's good for my kids right people gonna like me and of course you know from an im approach what you're really looking at is uh, all four domains right they're all blending in together you've got the home domain which is shifting from one home to another into a new social domain of a new neighborhood yep and the social domain of interacting with the people that you're buying and selling yep. and with the professionals. The professionals. Which right. there are a lot of them in a yeah. transaction like that. You may have an agent for the buyer of your home, your agent. Most likely your agent is the same agent of the one you're buying, but then there's an agent for the one that you're buying for the seller. And mm-hmm. then there's attorneys all over the place. And it's a serious transaction. There's a lot of money at stake. A lot stake. of money. So people get pretty amped up. Yeah. Yep. And, and what we try to do is bring some calm to that environment. And how do huh. you do that? Well, first, I want to just um, talk about some of the other causes okay. of the anxiety. Okay. So when we talk about the causes, we're talking about you know, what is happening in the deal that causes people to ratchet it up, right? One of them is just the fact that the professionals aren't really communicating properly to them. You know, they're using, you know, we are involved in these deals all the time. So there are certain words and phrases and and just uh, lingo that may go right over their head. Right. One of the things that Ben and I have been working on for the last three years is we're doing some blog articles on our website that speak to that issue. We take the... Um, confusion and simplify it and the idea was Hmm. came to us probably uh new year's 2014 let's speak to the consumer like they're in first grade you know let's not assume they know what a 
negative amortization loan is. I don't. But, but right. And, 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 and speaking of them first grade doesn't doesn't mean that you are diminishing no. them. You're just saying here's a whole Let's, new vocabulary, right. and we are going to teach you right. a new vocabulary. Right. When's the last time you got angry at someone you really believed was treating you with respect? Can't do it. That's right, because the brain doesn't work that way. Anger is an emotion designed to change things. So you approach someone with the intention to get them to do something different, start doing something, stop doing something. I don't know if you've ever seen any anger in the real estate <laughs> transactions no, that you've done. None, right? None. But they're doing it because they want something to change. But right. being respected feels great. Right. So why would you want to change that? Right. Right? So the flip side of anger is anxiety. It is the absolute polar opposite. So say that again. The flip side of anger is anxiety. So you guys have heard about the fight-flight response. Yes. Right? So you're faced with a predator. You have to decide very quickly, yep. if I'm strong enough to fight it, yep. then I will approach it and try to get it to change. That's anger. But if I don't think I'm strong enough to fight it, I want to get the heck out of there. That's flight. That's anxiety. Fear. That's anxiety. right. That's fear. Okay. Now, of course, you know, think about it. There's a third F. If you don't think you're strong enough to fight and you know you can't get away, the next best solution is to try to become invisible and do nothing and freeze and hope the danger passes. And I think in humans, getting kind of shrinky, sorry, but in humans, Fine. I think that's depression. Okay. You know, you, you're not strong enough to fight it and you just can't get away. And think about for those people who felt sad or depressed, you just feel shut down. Yep. You shut down. And then, of course, though, humans have developed a fourth F. Friendship, fellowship, family. So make, make friends with the saber-toothed tiger? Well, maybe not the saber-toothed tiger, but you certainly should find someone to worry with. And that's part Got of, it. I think, Mark, what they turn to you. When you have somebody who is your client coming to buy a house, they turn to you for that fellowship. Right. And that's part of how you're modulating their anxiety. Right. So that's part of what humans are. You know, the biological domain of the I am is about our brain and body. It's, it's part of our evolution. Yep. And we have, we have you know, we've got to ask, why have human beings conserved, in other words, kept, anxiety because there aren't any more saber-toothed tigers right but part of our brain doesn't know that right it just reacts as if we are in a life-threatening situation and then it's very difficult to think things through right when that happens right so you must see this with some frequency certainly certainly and you know there are and like we had talked about from one of your articles it it, it could be contagious so maybe you know maybe it's the real estate professional that's bringing it in, and they're mm. they're bringing it from some other place, like a uh, inexperienced attorney, for example. Maybe the inexperienced attorney is um, expressing their insecurities with a fight response, ah, right? Sure, sure. So rather than concede and be deemed weak, which in all negotiations, in my mind, there has to be concession. And there is no weakness in concession. Right. It's success right. when you have some level of concession. Because in our mind, there, everyone has to feel good. Otherwise, the transaction is not going to work. And there'll be bad feelings. It will be 
it will be challenging the whole way. It may get done, but people are going to be upset at the closing table, and that's not what we want. We want everyone to feel really good. Like, I sold my house to good people, and good people are buying their house from other good people, and it, and it all works out. And it's, you know, it's a little Pollyanna when a lot of people think that, you know, but the reality of it, it, it can be that way. Oh, I, I think it's not Pollyanna at all, but it, what it really is, you know, you talked about the contagion effect. Let me, let me just explain for a moment the biological component that's going on there. It's part of our brain that are called mirror neurons. Right. Mirror neurons. Right. Think about that. You guys have looked in a mirror, right? You look in a mirror and you can make faces at yourself. Yep. But imagine if somebody else is looking at your face and you're activating their neurons to copy it. Right. Right. So a mirror neuron is a neuron that is activated. Let's say you're in a movie and you see something sad and you feel sad. Or happy, you feel happy. Right. Scared, you feel scared. Right. Everyone has these mirror neurons. But once you're aware of it, you can use yours to influence someone else's. Right. So the contagion part that you're talking about with anxiety is this unawareness that your mirror neurons are being activated because somebody else is scared. Well, if right. somebody else is scared, there must be a saber-toothed tiger right. somewhere. I right. might be doing something where I'm right. going to die. Right. As opposed to saying, wait a sec. Let me use my mirror neurons. Right. I will show you respect. Right. Respect is what leads to value, which is what we all want. Right. And when we feel valued, then we can trust someone because we know that they're not going to hurt us. Right. And when you can trust someone, you can be creative. Right. You can take those chances. You can take those risks. You know, you can, you know, I'm going to buy this house. I remember Carol, my my wife, you know, we were talking about this, about the first house that we bought. Yeah. And really, you know, the people that were selling it, there was there were some people that didn't want us to buy it, right? Some real estate agent who had an ulterior motive, but there was another agent who helped us, and another one who said, you know, do you really want to lose this house over a couple of thousand right. bucks? Right. Well, that's a pro. That right. was a pro. That's a pro, and and they're out there, and there's a lot of them on the South Shore, and it's great to work with those pros that get it. That, you know, the reality of it is, is what it comes down to is is simple as this. The buyer wants to buy and the seller wants to sell. Yeah. So why would an attorney or any other real estate professional get in the way of that? Right. And obstruct it. And and we see it a lot. Um, sometimes it's the it's a real estate attorney who might not be a trained real estate transactional attorney and they're more of a litigator, but they're the buyer's uncle. So they need to show their value in their mind. And sometimes it's that insecurity. So wait a sec. I, I want to do a kindergarten thing. Sure. Transactional? A transactional litigator? Okay. What does this mean, transactional? Okay. So just like in your field of psychiatry, there's specializations, right? So there's yeah. folks that do and treat patients differently. Re uh, lawyers are the same way. So hmm. we have lawyers that are defending criminals. We have lawyers that defend and uh, prosecute corporations. We have lawyers that uh, do divorces, lawyers that do estate planning, and we have lawyers that do real estate. And they do the transactional work for real estate. So they're the ones who have the wisdom and the experience to work with these buyers and sellers and say, you know, let me counsel you. Let me advise you that 
this $2,000 that we're quibbling over is not worth it. Not worth you know, it. So whoever advised you of that sage advice yep. was probably a really respected, wise professional. Mm-hmm. Some will dig their heels in, no way, you know, this is not going to happen. And, and again, there's three sides to every story and negotiation, right? But what, I, what we find, though, is, is that when reason enters into the equation, things tend to work out a lot better. And that's, that's really the, uh, the moral of the story, and, right? And reason is, is really a different part of your brain right. than where anxiety lives. Right. How interesting. So anxiety, it's really important people remember that anxiety is a perfectly normal part of being human. Right. It is absolutely normal. And all sorts of things begin to happen. So I don't know if people ever get really anxious. You ever feel like your heart starts beating fast? or your breathing may change, or you may feel sort of sick to your stomach, or sometimes you get the cold sweats. Some people even get shaky. So it's a remarkable thing that's happened. Right. So what happens is when you're anxious, you think there's danger. Right. So you have activated the flight response, so you want to get away. Well, if you want to get away, you have to get more blood to your arms and legs. So sometimes people you know, get muscle cramps, they feel really stiff, and feel like all the time, you know. The blood then, you know, gets pumped, your heart rate has to increase to pump the blood. Right. Right? Your your breathing has to change so you can get oxygen, which is energy, to that blood. But the blood doesn't, you don't just make more blood. Right. The blood has to come from somewhere. So we divert blood from our gut, because there's no point digesting lunch if you think you're going to be lunch. Right. That's why you feel sick to your stomach. You divert blood from your skin, right, which is why you get the cold sweats, because if you're going to run from a saber-toothed tiger, you don't want to overheat. Right. You've got to take more energy. The brain actually demands more glucose, which is energy. So it does something called brain pull. And it pulls sugar away from the rest of the body. So the rest of the body gets low blood sugar, which is why you can get shaky. So you've done everything exactly right if there was a saber-toothed tiger. Right. There aren't any. Right. 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 So under chronic anxiety and chronic stress, other things happen. Why do you think this is? The immune response increases when we're under anxiety and stress. Why do you think the immune response may increase? I don't mean to put you on the spot here. Well, you are putting me on the spot, but it's the same. It's the (laughs) well, it would be the same uh, theory of the fight, right? Right. I mean, you're gonna hopefully fight and not flight. And but what happens if you get bitten? Then you gotta be cured. No, you that, gotta right. heal. You, you, you got to have heal. an improved immune right. response so you can right. fight a bacteria. Right. You know what else happens is you did good. You're, <laughs> you're, you begin to clot your blood faster. Why do right. you think you clot your blood faster if you're under stress and anxiety? So you can heal faster. Exactly, because you don't want to bleed out. Right. So these are great things under acute stress and anxiety, but if it's going on for a long time, and that's what this manager stress book right. is about... That's why people are at risk for heart attacks, right. for high blood pressure, right. for type 2 diabetes, for autoimmune responses where you become hyperallergic to things. So stress is great in short bits. Right. And we have some 90-day transactions. So somebody who had mild anxiety, mild stress, wow. and then we ratchet it up wow. tenfold to be involved in a transaction such as this, it's going to have some sleepless nights. And it's up to us as professionals to help 
calm them through that. And some of the some of the advice we give to folks is just, you know, to be really proactive in what they're doing, right? I mean, it's like anything. It's you set your goals, whether they're mini goals or big goals. You've got, you know, you start looking at homes, and it and it becomes real, real fast, real right? fast. So, in, at first, it just seems like it's nice and fun, and you're looking at houses, and all of a sudden, the offer's accepted, and you're in it. You're in you're it. You're in it now. You're in it. So the key at that point, in my opinion, always has to do with deadlines and time. Massachusetts is a uh, time is of the essence state. Well, if you really think about it, the best way to manage your stress is to help somebody else right, with theirs. Right. And so that gets Well, it's like charity. Yeah. You know, you you give charity to do well for others, but it makes you feel 10 times better. And that's what's wonderful about humanity. Right. And that that that's part of what really trying to get at is you know, you can look at at racism and bigotry and different factions but the reality is everyone wants the same thing right so tell us how do you you have what was it what was so, your slogan you we're we specialize in solutions listen to that we specialize in solutions solution specialists i love that love it love it well we're not going to fight we're not we're not here to fight we know that buyers are here to buy and sellers are here to sell and we're going to try to do everything possible to make that happen with as little anxiety as possible. And one of those things that we try to do is we try to help coach them into being proactive. We started talking about that before the break. But, you know, especially if they're financing the transaction, you know, it, it comes down to deadlines. And if they are proactive and get all their information set with the lender, whoever they're working with early on, and then when the lender asks for more things to get it to them right away, then we're not going to have those guns to our head at the last minute because a lot of the deadlines are set up on Friday afternoon hmm. because everybody assumes that we could push it all the way to the last second. But reality is, is you know, people leave on Friday afternoons around here in the summertime and you've got a deadline of five o'clock on Friday and you come to find out that you didn't get your tax return into the lender on time. Therefore, the lender couldn't turn around your commitment your commitment to lend therefore you need an extension now and it's anxiety at a 40x now as opposed yeah. to a 10x and it's where's my attorney i need to get an extension i need to protect my deposit and i've got a gun against my head now and if if the consumer the borrower had been more proactive early on that almost always would not happen so that's really clever so set the deadline for like wednesday at three yes and, and then, then you've got happens. some you've got some cush. Yeah. So that's that's where we talk about certain deadlines. And at the end of the month is the same way. We always recommend not doing it at the end of the month because so many other people are busy at that time. You've got all of the closings accumulating uh, accumulating at the end of the month because of this old thought process that the prepaid interest would limit the amount of money that you would have to bring to closing. So if you're paying interest in arrears, if you're closing at the last day of the month, there's the fewest day of arrears. But that's silly. That is silly. Because it's the same amount of money. It's just it looks different because now you're paying a mortgage closer than if you had paid a little bit more at the closing. Your mortgage payment would have been spread out longer. So, you know, we always recommend trying to close off of the high peak times, hmm. right? The moving companies are busy because that's when everybody's moving because of the same old, you know, adage of close at the end of the month. So now you've got you're paying more of a premium for movers, 
than you would have otherwise. So, and maybe you're maybe you're challenged to even find a mover. So so be smart about your deadlines. Right. About when you want to do the transaction. Right. And don't procrastinate. I mean, it's so easy to procrastinate when you've got these transactions going on. Set those mini goals, right? You're moving out. Don't wait till the last week. You know, set a calendar in place. And a lot of professional real estate agents do this with their clients. They'll give them a checklist of exactly where they need to be throughout the process. And that's great. But I mean, you know, get the walls cleared off by X date. Get the closets cleaned out by X date. Well, that the closets, that's going to take forever. Well, you know what? Set it up in three piles. So, Keep, so, toss, give away. So we've, we've got like one minute. One minute. What's, what's the takeaway with this, Mark? What's the takeaway so that folks can you know, contact you at your, your website? Yes. Or you? Yes. Find, find strong, wise professionals. And I don't mean you, you know they have to have been doing it 20 years. I mean, some folks, some real estate agents and attorneys in their second and third year are, are wise beyond their age, right? And they do a phenomenal job. So the the takeaway is is find the right professional that fits you and that mm-hmm. can help you through the transaction the way you want to. If you want a fighter, yeah, they're out there. But if you want someone who's going to get the deal done for you and make it as seamless as possible and and limit the anxiety, then you're going to want to find a professional that does that, like our team. So somebody who treats you with respect yes. and value, builds trust, not just with you, but with everybody else. This Correct. has been so great. Folks, we'll see you later on. Thank you. Everybody, it's the Dr. Joe that's Show. Sophie. Mark, thank you. So that's, that's Sophie's hand. She sounds beautiful. Thanks, Mark. All right. See you, Joe. Bye. Thanks, buddy.